Tonight's big question is, are you ready for the next episode and the next podcast of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Welcome to another episode of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. You're listening to Hugh Hattrick and Fraser Ramsey on the Next Generation podcast. Well, the pre- basically Scotland's home of free speech. Uh, so welcome, welcome Hugh, welcome to another episode. Hello. To chat. Um, just a quick question before, did you actually get my, did you see the link I sent you on Facebook Messenger regarding that radio station? I did see it. There we go. That, that was about all I saw. Right. <laughs> I have okay. seen it. But I haven't clicked on it, but no. I w- will do. Is it, right, okay, because it hasn't seen that. You've seen, cause it usually shows when you've seen a message. So I'll just uh, quickly ask that before I forget. So there's a potential that we have an opportunity to be on a, 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 a radio station, uh, which is being launched within a, 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 in the best part of a month's time, So, which is a great opportunity. So hopefully we'll have a regular show on this radio station, which would be great, great to do and uh, great to spread our wings a bit further than just the standard uh, what we're doing at the moment uh, and hopefully just for the rest of whoever the audience is to hear our complete and utter drivel so <laughs> which, which seems to work but anyway so what I'm going to uh, the topics we're going to talk about today obviously um, we're going to talk about the this Grand Tour series if you watch the fan of the Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson um, and May and Hammond and um, if you're a fan of them and you basically you watch the show, you'll be going to do a general quick review and obviously can't wait for the next one. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the, the, the Scottish Parliament is riddled with vermin, but we'll come into more detail with that as well. We have the recent update as you'll be watching the news that Brexit is pretty much ready to trigger Article 50. Uh, well, they, they're, we're basically ready to hit the button. Um, we have uh, brief car reviews and obviously the update on the current uh, car tax change in a lot of cars and how it might affect the markets. Um, and we're going to talk uh, basically Jeremy Corbyn, who is uh, well leader of the current leader of the Labour Party, is was having to do more reshuffling than a pack of cards. Um, but apart from and we're going to talk about one thing: is the next generation. Are we ready to step up to the net and face face the challenge? That's really our big question. We should have started with that one. But, that's our big question. Yes, I know I should have started with that, but we're going to not. That's just a general update. So we're going to actually start with the next generation. That's the big question. So I just to try. I know this is is how do you go around today. I happen to be at a funeral, and not to really make it. It's no really fun way of putting it. Uh, there's no really way of no uh, some light way of putting it anyway. But it got me thinking to realise that the generation of the people that are slow are well. I mean, if you're the age of thirty-five to fifty-ish, and maybe you're depending on when your parents are born. If they're sort of more the thirties, forties, when they were born in nineteen thirties, forties, they're hitting about the eighties now, give or take. Uh, and depending on their lifestyle, whether they smoked, whether they, they, they drink, they like the sort of the, the Picardy and Coke and the cigarette and the kind of that kind of thing. These, but it's their lifestyle and what they were. They were none the wiser how it affected affected um, you you then. Affects affects us now. Now, if you're none, the, but thinking of these guys, the legacy that they've they've taught us, they've they've been there to help bring us up to have that better life and been fortunate to live in a in the times that they've taught us well because they've had it in, ingrained in them from their generation. I mean, going forward, the big question is: Are we ready to fill the void as? For 35 to say 50 year olds ready to fill the void when these guys pass on are we ready to step up to the plate so we can actually l- listen to what they've taught us to teach the next generation coming on when we pass on so what do you, what's your thoughts on that Hugh what do you think about that wow yeah it's like are the snowflakes ready to lead you know it's kind of it's, oh. it's a big question I am um, I, I well, I mean, I think we have to. Obviously, maybe the smaller percentage of people are ready to, to step up to the plate, because um, you think education was very different in days gone by. More grammar schools, um, you know, Scotland led the way 
um, with its education system, which isn't the case now. Um, and I think people were more ready just to get off their rear ends and do things and achieve things. Um, while you know now it's kind of they want things done for them. And uh, also the massive attack over the last few decades on the, on the family unit has meant that people haven't learned the kind of wisdom of the ages. So they're having to kind of learn from themselves the hard way. So, no, I think, um, you know, not to be too negative, I think, yeah, it's going to be a bigger struggle now. Yeah, because I suppose, I suppose then, the nowadays, how we know about things of health and how we do things or not, we are living longer, but I suppose... Uh, technically, maybe we're living longer, but the generation these days, we, um, as I say, a lot. Some of them are just always got it handed to them on a plate, and there's not a very slight few these days that actually do work hard to uh, build a business or whatever. Or self-employed, you do actually work that really hard to make a success and do their best just to keep themselves in the game. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as well, you know. Uh, I mean, now we've got to do more ourselves. We're kind of come, it's almost like a cycle of government where we're getting back to realise about, you know, you've got to be able to earn more than what you spend. You know, you've got to get your own um, kind of finances in order um, and uh, make sure that you can go forward because that's, that's part of the, 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 the problem, isn't it? People are going into debt too easily, spending beyond the means, um, and they think it's all right. They think somebody else will bail them out. So we've got to try and, and, and you know, train people to realise you, you've got to be within your means. You can't overspend. That's that's the basics. And then put money aside. You're going to start saving again. Yeah, that's the main thing. Is a lot of people don't tend to be saving, but a lot of them don't tend to have the get up and go to go and work these days and get the job and or even not just apply, but actually just start something and create a job to actually go out and earn some money and try and earn some money without having to wait for their benefits to come through every uh, and not actually there's no challenge there's no enthusiasm and that's the problem uh, and maybe that's where and it doesn't really help that we're well I think they're just not tough enough on the unemployed they're not tough enough by, in the benefit system and I don't think they're, they're just not tough enough when it comes to offering saying well if you they need to do some sort of community service if you, if you want benefits you've got to work for it. so if you got people that are on benefits are able to work, and you say, "Well, so you want to you want to be signed on, you want to get money." Well, this is this is your program. Here's a you're given a like a community service program that you have to do to serve the community because by them working in in the community service, they're gonna they're earning their benefits, they're earning it, and they're they're doing putting something back into the system, which Aye. is something obviously Aye. they're not doing at present, which is. Uh, and well, to think of this is obviously just too well. It's just too logical for the SNP government. <laughs> it's too sensible for any politician just to, like, thing, yeah, to bring yeah. it forward. Yeah, and to, yeah, yeah, because they're going to be against a whole massive group of people saying, "I know my rights, and I'm staying at home watching my Jeremy Kyle." You yeah, know, exactly. it's Half that's that's right. what you're facing Half with. Yeah, that's Jeremy Kyle. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching it. Yeah, oh, having a children every nine months. Yeah. But um, exactly. it's like, you know, <laughs> to someone they don't know. But it's like you know, it's like. But no, it's yeah, it's frightening in some places because you go to some of the, you know, the kind of the city centres or big, some of some of Scotland's biggest cities, and it's the same in England as well, you know. And they have this, and it's it's going to be very hard to break. But ultimately, we've got to because we're still at the end of the day, we're seventy billion in debt every year, and it's growing. I mean, I know they brought down the national debt a bit, um, but that you know, it's going to be paid back, and we're just wasting so much money. And it's just you know, until we can be in a surplus and actually paying our way. You know, we're not going to move forward as a country. Oh, but, um, and we've got, to, we've got to get our minds on people that people can achieve things. They don't necessarily need a degree to achieve something and to give something back and to really contribute into their communities. Um, you know, we've got to get back to the kind of practical things and, 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 as you say, far more business. We need real entrepreneurship and we, really need, we need it trained in schools and, and really kind of taught everywhere. Um, I think if we're going to see a, a kind of boom in Scotland again. Should, well, not necessarily Scotland, but the UK, but should we be doing right. more similar to what the the idea that Donald Trump has been doing is where he wants everything to be made in America and, and we should be back, should we be going back to British, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I certainly think this. I mean, Scotland was renowned for its manufacturing. Yes. And now with the way that, the, you know, the move forwards with technology, there's no reason why we can't build things. It's just maybe not the same stuff as we did before. But I think there must be loads of opportunities. When you think about the amount of waste we have, like, you know, recycling, all the kind of plastics and everything, you think there must be opportunities there for people to take all that stuff and, and make something else out of it. You know, it's kind of there must be new ways of doing things now. And we've got to start thinking and creating. 
We've just, <laughs> we've just printed a 3D rocket and we're going to aim it at the Scottish Parliament and press <laughs> fire. <laughs> You've just been fired. <laughs> oh, is that a segue for your new rentacle yeah. um, uh, segment uh, on, well, uh, on, on, on the on Scottish our, Parliament? We're going to move on to our next segment, segment actually. Um, that it was in the, yeah. a few days ago, it was in the local Telegraph newspaper online that the literally the Scottish government, the actual <laughs> parliament building, is riddled with vermin. Now, when I say vermin... And we not, and we're not talking about the politicians, yeah, we're actually talking about real talking rats. About the, and we're not talking about the politicians. <laughs> literally, they've had to call in the, uh, the basically the pest control to get rid of all the rats and the vermin that's in, crawling around the Scottish Parliament at present. And, uh, the, I mean, that's not the Green Party either. Um, they've, they've, but apart, <laughs> Patrick Harvey and the Greens, well, they are vermin, and they part for also the SNP. The rest are all right, not too bad. But uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's what it's basically it just proves how great the all the money that we're, we're spending is going to killing off all the rats uh, in the Scottish Parliament. So it's, they've been called it several times. I mean, it's just silly. And you think they'd have better hygiene, or maybe this, the cleaners are just rubbish. Um, is it the only parliament in the world where they've got more of a threat from rats than they do from ISIS? <laughs> you know, oh, it's like, it's crazy. Because nobody, no real terrorist cares about what happens in Holyrood. You know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's one, so trivial. Oh, <laughs> well, the, the, the SMP are like, SMP are like rats. They're like the vermin, basically, because they, they just run around eating and destroying everything and don't have, they couldn't, that's to say, they just, nothing's fixable when it yeah. comes to them. So... As I say, they just yeah, well, them. good on Ron Rendical or whoever they've got to try and uh, try and kill off the rats. In, but yeah. um, so, we, so is that a good way to go on to our our uh, SNP or kind of our, our Scottish politics? There's been quite a lot going on in politics this well, week. You can you can update well, you can update our audience in the Scottish politics because what's been you obviously recently what's been going on. Ruth Davidson obviously we, on a Thursday, prior to a wen- on a Wednesday down in the main House of Commons. For those who didn't know, you have the. Prime Minister's question times, and then on Thursday up in Edinburgh you have First Minister's question times. So, but I'm going to hand you over to the man himself, Hugh Hedrick, who's going to talk about the Scottish politics. On you go, son. Yes, for those with a political ear, it's time for our segment on politics. Really, our show is pretty much all politics, to be honest, but uh, here's another go. Yeah, this week at uh, Scottish Questions, uh, based in from the Express headline, uh, Nicola Sturgeon was roasted. Uh, by Ruth Davidson, um, because it was the education results. And, of course, uh, they've now found out that Scotland is really underperforming. And in the last 10 years, really since the SNP took over, it has gone down dramatically, with uh, not only uh, children from poor backgrounds, but also children from bright backgrounds who are doing quite well um, are being limited by the education services available. Um, and, of course, so, Ruth, uh, so Nicola Sturgeon had to try and answer um, for these, you know, very, what is a very serious question. And all they said is, well, we've got more money to spend. But really, you have to ask the question, is it really more money that's going to be the thing? Is it not a matter of, is the curriculum accurate? You know, is it actually useful? Is it going to teach people? Is there discipline in schools? That doesn't take money. That just takes sense. And I think this is where Scottish politics is just such a waste of time. Because all they're saying is, let's spend the money and not actually think about what they're doing in the first place. What do you think, Fraser? Yeah, well, I think we're at the moment we're just not really. There's no focus on any money, no focus on what to spend money on in mm. Scotland. There's all oh, at the moment. There's see ever since now. The now we're going to lead on to Brexit in a second. Um, but at the moment, the SNP have just literally got are just a one-track mind at the moment. They have no invention. There's no sort of flair about doing. Yeah, they're just sort well, of, they're on what on the what they're basically. Yeah. Foreign investment, which is a big key thing about how the country is running, has yes. basically collapsed. There is nobody from other countries investing into Scotland. Oh. So they're not coming into Scotland to invest in new businesses, partly because they think there'll be another referendum, but also they just think it's not a great place to invest. Plus, you know, they don't well, they don't trust the SNP government and the way it's running and where it's heading. They're more interested. In, I mean, the SNP are more interested in transgender bathrooms than they are in how well your child is at school and trying to get them a job or make them help them build a business. Well, they're more they're more they're more like the Edinburgh tram system, it's just a one track and that's it on one yeah. on back and forward. Mm-hmm. And all, 
on a one-way trip yeah. to nowhere, really. Because this is very slow, very expensive, and utterly useless. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty much what the SNP government are like with the yeah. Edward tram system. You may as well just made the tram into a cycle lane and just let people cycle along it. It would have been at least faster. You know, I mean, yes, exactly. You know, so it would have been put a golf cart on it, and it would have been faster than that thing. Yes, it's well, the slowest uh, way to travel. About, just to go off, off slightly off one of the topics we're going to talk about is actually Edinburgh has recently is slow, well Edinburgh Council are slowly unveiling the new twenty mile an hour speed limit in oh, town. Oh goodness! Uh, I'll tell you something. Last night I was there's it's, I was driving. I've been driving around Edinburgh, trying sticking to twenty as best I can. I tell you, it's so frustrating because you're driving. Uh, I've seen uh, people, it's I've ridiculously seen, I've seen, slow. I've seen uh, these old people with their little mobility scooters overtaking me, um, which has certainly yeah. been quite interesting. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> hang on a minute. It's yeah, true. Yeah. It probably is almost but as fast. Yeah. I, what I've noticed is they have even now the majority of the roads before this all came in was 30 miles an hour. Within reason, there were certain residentials that were 20 anyway. But yeah. so driving back last night. Home that the I've been looking around that you you don't one hundred percent know when it's enforced or not. Plus, there's actually not that many twenty. There's not a lack of signage saying this is a twenty zone, mm-hmm. and whether it's still a twenty zone or it's a thirty zone, there's not enough signing signage. So they're just they may be putting into twenty zone, but you you don't really know if it's a twenty twenty or thirty if it's been changed or if it's enforced or what. And no. taking all the signs, then there's not there's hardly any twenty speed limit signs. I think they're painting it on the roads though too. Are they not? They're not painting. The yeah. There's absolutely hardly any though. And there's on the uh, even on the roads, they're not, they're, or on the signposts. Uh, I mean, it is a complete waste of money though. I mean, it's not going to. I mean, I'd like to know if it saved any lives at all. I mean, yeah. they, they've done it through the grass market. They've done it at my old bit at St Leonard's. Yeah, that whole St Leonard's line up from the the um, oh the 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 police yeah, but even below then you know when it goes into the grass market when yeah. you turn up right when you go past the yeah. the the student gym uh, way up that way yes. uh, you know where they have the the, the festival um, I mean that's all now twenty miles an hour and it's just so well, slow yeah. everywhere and it takes forever to get anywhere people forget it's adding in massive amounts of time on your journey time. And then that's all, and you know, it's also very inefficient to run your car at those kind of low speeds because your gears aren't designed for that kind of cruising. You're not designed to run at 20. So you're, you're running really inefficiently. So it ain't green um, and it ain't saving any lives. It's just a complete waste. Well, what I don't so, understand is maybe they should learn that I think understand during the day when it's busy is having 20, but when at night time, I think it, they should have a system like similar to the greenways, maybe the bus lanes that they're, you drive 20 at a certain time, but you can drive at this speed. When it's not busy, because right. I mean, it's a bit less less busy for traffic wise, so um, yeah. you must do something. But it's just silly. Cause it's just it's so just it's jobs for the boys. Honestly, this is this is a, a a council that is obsessed with keeping jobs going for people who shouldn't be working in the council. There is no good reason to put this out. When you think their social care is in a mess, they hardly got any money for anything, and they're wasting you know tens of millions on this kind of crap, and uh, it's just a total waste of time. Well, let's uh, take a quick commercial break. After our, we've talked about SNP, we've had a quick. We've talked about the generation. Uh, are we ready to step up? And uh, obviously the vermin. <laughs> so we'll take a quick commercial break. We will be coming back with um, obviously car talk and a bit of the new car tax system that's coming out, whether good or bad. Uh, we're going to talk about the recent story, which is the flight attendant has been trained to spot sex trafficking which is certainly has been in the news a lot recently and also in the forefront of the media. So we're going to come back and talk about that. So we're just going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with you shortly. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. Hi, just a quick reminder... The Guy or Cook Report is Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Seattle Time. You can join the show live at this URL, https colon whack whack firetalk.com forward slant the dash Guy R. Cook dash report. And as always, we'll have the show notes available via https whack whack the Guy or Cook Report dot podbean dot com. See you there. And on that note, 
It's a wrap. Hi, my name is Eileen, and I'm from EileenSmith.com. Over on my blog and on my YouTube channel, I'll teach you how to use live video and how to make better videos on YouTube. So hopefully you'll get a chance to come over to the YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Eileen Smith. I-L-E-A-N-E. Thanks so much, and I'll see you online. Peace. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our wee commercial break there. We're back. Um, so, car talk. That's the yes. uh, cars. So, let's just talk about what cars are due to come out when it's the new registration. Uh, I've got also, a deal for you tonight. A phenomenal deal for you today. Okay, before you do that, also, we'll be talking about the really rather complicated new car tax system. So, if you're not sure... You hear it here. You can hear it here first. If not, somewhere somewhere else. <laughs> but you're certainly going to hear it. So let's start with the cars. So tell us about the new okay. cars. Okay, there is a new car which is called the Hyundai Iconic. Uh, for all of you greenies who are still listening, I don't suspect there'll be that many listening to this show. No. Um, the Toyota Prius <laughs> was the environmentalist friends. It was a car that that uh, you can. It's half electric, half petrol. And it does very good uh, miles to the gallon, hardly any CO2 as well, so it's very, very cheap to run. Um, yes, and if you like that kind of thing, then it's a great car. Very similar to the BMW version. No, the BMW version is probably a lot better than that. <laughs> it might be a bit more expensive, although the new price is about £34,000 and you plug in. Um, but yeah, but the um, so but the price has been kind of very popular. All the Hollywood celebrities um, have one. It wouldn't surprise me if Sturgeon and a few others have one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all the government ministers have been trying to get into prices and all that's kind of rubbish. Um, anyway, the, um, Hyundai have brought out their own version called the Iconic. And the thing is, the reason why the Iconic is actually quite a good car is because it's much much cheaper and there's phenomenal deals to get them out the door. Um, and so you can actually get on, on a personal lease. A new Hyundai Iconic, which normally would be around about £20,000 plus. Um, it has sat-nav and it also has an automatic gearbox. Um, and uh, you can get it for simply £1,200 deposit and £120 a month. Uh, that is seriously cheap. And that's on a two-year deal with 8,000 miles. Obviously, if you want different mileages, you'd have to get a quote for that. Um, but, yeah, it is a seriously cheap car and one that should do, should average in the 60s for miles for MPG, which is pretty good going. And it's actually a full-size family car. You know, it's got a boot very similar to the size of a Ford Focus. Um, and it's actually a very, very clean car. It's also you can drive it just on the battery alone. So if you're doing lots of short journeys, it might actually work quite well that way. Um, I'm yet to drive it, but it's certainly, um, it's a, it's, it looks like it is a, a very good car. Okay. So there's that. There are hundreds of good deals out there. If any, whoever is listening, if you're looking for a new car, try and get something before April, because that's when the new car tax comes out, and you'll be clobbered um, with much, much higher road taxes. For just for most people, are going to be paying an awful lot more, um, because while you might have a cheap first year rate, it's in the second year that you'll have a minimum of 140 pounds tax to pay. Um, and that's pretty much for every car that's taxed. The only ones are the fully electric cars, which are less. Um, and also, if your car costs more than £40,000, so that's the recommended retail price, if that is over that, not the price you necessarily will pay for it, but the price, uh, the retail price, um, then you'll be hit with up to £2,000 worth of road tax as well, um, on top of the VAT and everything else you pay on the car. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be quite a bit. Now, the, the, the ones that pay the £2,000 uh, road tax fund, they are the ones that are like the, the most high on CO2. So if you bought a new Ferrari or a, a big Range Rover or something like that, then you're more likely to, to pay a higher fee. But it's up to £2,000. It is on a scale. So you're not, not every car pays that amount. So it's, it's over 40000 but quite a lot will. Um, so, yeah, so it's a, a, the government's way of trying to get involved in something and killing off the market. Because as usual, we had a great we had a record year of sales last year. And that's certainly, I think, going to take a downturn because everyone's going to try and have their cars registered at the end of March um, or before, but certainly before April the 1st. Um, because then it really will be, um, you know, people are going to have to pay an awful lot more. So there we go. There, so what do you think of Grand Tour? The Grand Tour. Going on to a segue again. Yes. Yeah, it's been well, really good. The, the, still the cars, first. Technically, but we're just. It is. They're very funny. I have to admit, they've been very, very good. A lot better than I expected. I mean, I thought it would be good, um, but it, it's been very, very funny. Lots of good adventures and worth definitely getting your Amazon Prime for. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've been able to do things that nobody else could do. And they've been very creative, which is really quite good. You know, they've taken it to a new level. I mean, not just in, in, it, it is pure comedy, actually. Uh, it, is, it is very, very funny. Um, but also they've done some really good car tests, the last one being when they actually tested their own cars. Um, and uh, was it that James May had this BMW i3 yes. electric car and uh, Jeremy Clarkson had his Golf GTI. And then when he told, uh, when, when James told Jeremy that he got a £5,000 discount on his car paid for by the government, <laughs> he basically called them the welfare scum. And it was like, we're paying for that? And then so he started stopping this random people in the street saying, do you know that you've paid for James May's discount and yes. saving on his car? You've subsidised the millionaire. And so it was like... So it was very, very funny and well worth watching. But no, I think they've got they've done really well, and I think they've got a great um, kind of uh, kind of thing to build from next year. And to prove how efficient his car was in that last episode of the present series. Uh, he even missed the concert, the Roger Daltrey concert that Jeremy Clarkson happily made uh, by driving his GTI. So, <laughs> because with driving a electric car, you have to stop off every so often to charge your car and you only get a certain amount of mileage out of your petrol tank, so there's not really much to play with, to be honest with you. Yeah. But obviously they are for the Greens. Um, and, uh, yes, but <laughs> very nice. But uh, you're stopping, you may have to stop a lot. So, um, but yes, so that was, it was very, I have to say, a very good series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very, just great. And it's pretty much almost just this, a step up, to say the least, of what, they did from the BBC in Top Gear. Um, mm. Yes, there's the, the new Top Gear is going to be coming out uh, with uh, Matt LeBlanc. Uh, that, I think maybe tried to copy a little bit of the current Grand Tour, seeing how good they are uh, and what's happened. So I think they're obviously really having to step up their game, whether it would be good or bad or not, I don't know. But I think you've had the original crew of, well, not the original, but you know, I mean, the original uh, formula of Clarkson, May and Hammond that just worked. Uh, it's hard to replace that. And as I say, that goes back to some, yeah. That goes back to our summers of our generation. They they yeah. like their best mates. They've got the chemistry. They've got the and they've got the knowledge as yeah. well. They've got they're able to put that into something, and people who know about cars agree tend to agree with them when they do the show. But I have to say, from watching the trailer of the new Top Gear, it was actually very funny yeah. and was actually very good. So I, I think I've got more confidence in the three that they're using: uh, Matt LeBlanc, um, what's his name? Oh. Um, the other guy that does the uh, um, thing on cars. The other two, are, look, actually, it will come back to me. Yeah. The three, the main, if, if it's just the three main characters, they're very good. They don't need hundreds of others. The problem was in the first series, they had hundreds of presenters, uh, way too many. They had Eddie Jordan and all these others, and it just didn't work. Um, but I think with these three, it's pretty good. Oh, that's good. That, um, yeah, so yeah. No, I, I think, I think if they, I think that the gap is they need everyday cars. They need, yeah, the fun stuff as well. But they actually need really good road tests, funny road tests on everyday cars, because that's that's where the, the Grand Tour isn't really covering. You know, it's kind of missing that. It's either you know you're massively fast Ferrari and things like that, or you're kind of ridiculous Jeep or something. You know, it, it's it's there's nothing on the kind of on the midway or entry level. So I think that's where um, Top Gear well, would I do suppose, quite well. Uh, wait and see what happens in the, the, the next series when they start to film it. I have to say, I did, I did yeah. like the bit when they had celebrity brain, cla brain crash when the celebrities tried to make it to the tent without dying, <laughs> and uh, which was just brilliant. And this, the, the, the basically the, the simple words of James Bay saying, "Does that mean you're not, he's not coming on the show then?" <laughs> no, James, he's just been <laughs> blown up. They're the dead. Or, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was just brilliant. The reaction was fantastic, and the amount of times that. Uh, they just took Hammond and Clarkson did sort of rip the, the mickey out of uh, uh, James May with uh, several <laughs> oh things he didn't want to do wasn't yeah, it, it to do was the, mud, the mud plugging that was very funny yes uh, so <coughs> certainly uh, I have to say it was very uh, classic very very funny um, yeah. I admit just brilliant uh, well done and I look forward to part two of the let me say part two second series of that as well so it's certainly, no. yeah, it's been a good, good first series. For, I mean, the, the hype and the, it's lived up to the hype, and it's just looked uh, pretty much as the critics said, it just made look Top Gear look like a B-rated movie, really. So, 
Yeah, certainly the old the old series that they did last year was pretty poor. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah, and I think but, they, uh, they've just BBC. Well, the BBC have just shot themselves in the foot. They've lost the best part of. They should, they, they're happy to lose millions of pounds on a show that was working for them just because uh, of one problem with the BBC. But I think it was. Yeah. I think it's been the best. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't see Dave. You know, the channel Dave rushing to get the, the last year's Top Gear no. with Chris Evans. No. You know, where they would have, they would have, they always pay a fortune to get all the other top gears, but um, I don't see them rushing to to get that one somehow. But uh, I think I think that yeah. one might be. In, it was okay, but it was it wasn't brilliant. Um, think, but uh, this, see what this year's one is like. It's coming quite soon, mind you. So it yeah. could be. It, it'll, we'll have to. We can't make a judgment until we've seen it all. Of course, well, um, and we, see what it's like. We'll give you a bit of a review on that uh, as it, the time when it kicks off, and maybe we can hopefully catch the right. episode. And go from there. So, but we're, um, we're going to talk about a story that was went global. Actually, it was uh, also on STV News. It's uh, which, due to it being January was the kind of month for human trafficking, but just uh, and also sex trafficking is in the, the media at the moment. I know it's a bit of a transition from cars to uh, human trafficking, but it's obviously a serious thing. It goes on in the world, and we're bringing to attention that a um, flight attendant uh, who. Um, Sheila F- uh, Frederick said basically the instinctive uh, felt something was wrong uh, basically this is she's trained to help spot hu- uh, human trafficking now she she's um, she felt something was wrong the moment she saw the girl with a, a greasy blonde uh, hair sitting in the, the window seat of an aisle 10 on a flight from Seattle and San Francisco the girl looked like she had been uh, through pure hell said uh, Frederick, 49, a flight attendant working for Alaska Airlines. Frederick guessed uh, that the girl was about 14, 15 years old, travelling with a a notably well-dressed older man. Uh, The stark contrast between the two set off alarm bells in her head. Uh, Frederick tried to engage them in conversation, but the man became defensive, she said. I left a note in one of the bathrooms, Frederick said. She wrote back on the notes and said, I need help. Frederick says she called the pilot and told him with um, about the passengers. And when the plane landed, police were waiting in the terminal. Uh, and it's that kind of uh, intuition the former flight attendant Nancy Rivard, founder of airline ambassadors, uh, of trying to instill an airline staff across the nation as she um, trains them on how to spot signs of human trafficking. U.S. Immigration and Customs uh, Enforcement arrested 2,000 human traffickers and identified 400 victims last year. Since 2009, airline ambassadors have been working to make sure that when a trafficker flies with a victim, the flight crew is trained to spot them and report them. Last week, Rivard, several of her colleagues flew to Houston to meet with approximately 100 flight attendants who volunteered for airline ambassadors' training session on how to recognise human trafficking. Only two days, former victims related their experience to the flight attendants and flight crews were taught to look for passengers who appear frightened, ashamed or nervous. People travelling with someone who doesn't appear to be a parent or a relative or child or adult who appear bruised or battered. So it just proves that, yeah, that this is a, a global phenomenon. It's not just happening. It's happening even in Scotland. It's happening in America. Mm-hmm. It's happening all over. And it just it's a good thing that people are now being trained to spot the signs to prevent uh, serious, even serious, uh, more danger to young kids as well. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that at all, Vies? Well, it's, it's a horrific industry. I mean, it's you know, it, it started off. When, well, I think I suppose it was brought to the public attention a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, when you know it was always the theme of, of big films, big action films like Taken and other stuff. But now it's quite common. I mean, and as you say, in Paris and in many European cities as well as American cities, um, there's all these kind of you know the gangs and mafia lot um, who run all these kind of horrendous trafficking groups um and it's very very you know i i think i think we need to increase penalties to catch them and i think the top ends as well i'm, I'm for the death penalty for people like that and yeah. um, for the ones who traffic them i would have them hung and that's uh, it's, uh, it's uh, I, I think they need to be john much Gaunt much harder the, as john gone says the saddam shuffle yeah well i think i actually think the the old um what was it the <laughs> off of the head uh, kind of like yeah, thing yeah, was yeah. Uh, the you know is the cleanest and quickest way to do it 
Um, but um, but uh, yeah, because I just think it's absolutely horrendous that people think they can do that. You know, they target um, usually poorer areas, and they take the girls, promising them jobs, and then in turn they get put through horrendous journeys, and then they get sold into the sex trade. Many of them are put on drugs, you know, forced to take drugs and so on. Um, and then of course they don't know what's happening after that, and then and then in turn you know they're they're sold off, and it's absolutely horrendous. And the only thing I would do is get anyone involved in in something like that, you give, give them the chop until there's nobody left to chop. You know, it's kind of it's it's until it goes high enough up that you you get the whole lot of them. But because um, it's it's just it's disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. Well, I'm going to take a break, a quick break. We're going to play some music. Um, I'm going to play play an our song from by Loretta Smale. Um, she's a very good artist in America, so we're going to play some music there. So we'll come back in a second, and uh, we're going to talk about um, Hugh recently uh, also wrote into the John Gaunt show and got an email ready. So I think you'd like to maybe discuss a little bit about that and what he uh, spoke about. Yeah, uh, especially <laughs> since we're talking about the hang the lot. Uh, so uh, we'll come back to that. So here's uh, some music by Loretta Smale.
welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that song. Uh, now, Hugh, you, you recently wrote into an email, not typed, sent um, to the John Gaunt Talk to Me radio show, and you talked about the Rotherham saga, the story it went on. So, you want to talk about, uh, give people a bit of an insight to what the Rotherham story is and uh, what you said? Yeah, there, there was another another Rotherham gang that were jailed this week. Um, an Asian gang um, and, and uh, prominently Muslim gang um, oh, that were jailed for about 40 years between them, I think it was. Um, but uh, and when they went out, two of them shouted the uh, Akbar thing, you know, the Akbar phrase, you know, that God is great or something or whatever, is, uh, so on and so on. Um, and this was in the actual in the actual court. And the thing is, they were also being cheered when the sentences were read out by a family and friends who had come to watch. Um, who were in the visitors uh, aisle, which is really incredible to think that these people, you know, they, they basically gang raped a 12-year-old girl, um, made her pregnant. They don't know she, the, the poor girl doesn't know who the father was, um, and uh, eventually they, they, you know, they got caught and so on. Um, and there was, I think there was about six of them at least um, that were that were that were found guilty. And just the fact that they would still cheer and they still think this is this is perfectly all right. They, they, you know, they, 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 they were arguing that this was that, that people like that, that white girls, um, are an easy um, target for them, and are, and are you know, and are, and are, are you know, that are that there's not an issue with it, um, and it, it really makes you think. Of course, it's hardly covered on BBC or anything like that, um, because they're also pro-Muslim. You know, can you imagine if that was a Christian gang who had raped a Muslim girl? It'd be all over the news, everywhere, you know, and there'd be an outcry, and they'd be saying how they've got to shut down churches and everything else, um, you know. But because it's Muslim, they just let it go. Yeah, of course, because they don't want to offend them. Or yeah. don't have them, they're too scared. And I think, uh, I mean, I was asked the question, oh, I hate Muslims, but I don't hate Muslims because technically it's the ones, but it's the ones that do all this type of thing, they happen to be Muslim, that are giving the ones who are actually probably quite genuine people out there a bad name. And uh, if you, it's technically when you hear these things, that the, what they're doing, thinking that they can get away with blue murder, it uh, makes you sick. And technically, jail, I think they should be hung. Like a, yeah, yeah. The guillotine would be ready for them. When we go to maybe their country and make a mistake, you, were, yeah. you probably end up will be hung. Yeah. Or have been well, if you if you went to Indonesia right. and you looked for a young, you know, underage girl and, and yeah. got into, you know, for those kind of things, you would face a severe jail penalty, if not worse. You know, if not Thanks. the end. You know, I mean, that's it. And, and and rightly so, absolutely rightly so. I mean, that's that's the law, and that's the way it should be. Um, but over here, we just they get about you know eight and ten years each, and they'll probably get out early, you know, on good behaviour. And uh, after radical, you know, after they radicalise their whole prison, they'll get out. Yeah. And that. so you know, <laughs> radicalise the whole prison better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, it's true. I think it just makes you sick that these this going on, and they think they have the. Yeah, they think they can just rule the roost, and they 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 saw well just because I'm a Muslim, I get every, I can do get everything I want and uh, think the world, I'm free to do anything you want and uh, and yeah. I mean that just relates to the story of what I've just read about sex trafficking because it is they're trafficking yeah. humans. They're obviously they're manipulating them. They're winding and dining them. Or they're they tend to be money floating around. Uh, well, it goes on as well to the, the whole kind of issue with, you know, the different cultures. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you've got people coming in from Syria, so-called refugees, and, you know, obviously the children are refugees, but these older ones that they said were children and all had beards clearly weren't. Um, but similarly, out of 1,600 that they took in, 900 of them had been arrested for serious crimes in the first year. Yeah. So that's what you're bringing in to all these people with, a, you know, we welcome refugee signs. Thanks. You know, putting all our children at risk because some of the some of the crimes were horrendous. You know, there was a, a Syrian uh, teenager, I think, who raped a young boy mm -hmm. in uh, in Britain. I mean, it's it's really sick kind of stuff. And and we're and we're all and you know all these people are saying, oh yes, we welcome refugees here. You know, no walls. You know, no no um, borders and all the rest of it. I think, oh yeah, maybe they can go to your house and I'll see how you like it. Yeah. You know, but it's like it's absolutely crazy, and they need to have a bit of sense here. I mean, if, if there's 1,600 of them and 900 of them were arrested in their first year, doesn't that tell you something? That's like 60%. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, so I think the bottom line is these guys need to get a, a, a tougher sentence or be deported somewhere or just basically... Well, if they're going to break those kind of laws, we need the chop. 
Well, chop chop. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> chop chop. We could just have the local butcher and say, "Here's your, feel free and just chop him up, mix it in with the." I was, I must look out the Liam Neeson speech on Taken when he when he converts people who, who uh, do things like that. He's a very good, very good talk. I'll look out for the next one. That could be. Yeah, we'll have to work. But man, I think, or technically, we could just send him on the plane, and uh, as I say, we could just put him on the pilotless planes like we seem to like, <laughs> and say, which might be not a bad idea. And say, we're going to, you're going for a flight, you're going for a long holiday, and it's there's no pilot, and uh, let's just say, the plane might just crash <laughs> in the middle of some, in the middle of the ocean, and you'll not be there seen for a while, let's just say. It's, it's cheaper just to do the chop. It's a lot. But no, but I mean, it's, it's a serious point. I mean, this is why this is why our education system has to be questioned. When when our young people can't even see this difference, you know, they can't even see the fact yeah. from fiction. And this is where you think this is, you know, it's people's lives at stake. And that's why you need decent security issues. Not because we're nasty or racist or xenophobic or homophobic, whatever they want to call us. You know, at the end of the day, it's just about yeah, it's just about you know security and making things work. Well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all, all it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Well, let's, we're going to, um, we are going to briefly talk about John Burke. He's been getting a vote of no confidence at the moment, and because of his, uh, well, Trump. He doesn't want Trump to be part, coming to the UK pretty much. So we're going to talk a bit more about that. So you're the American correspondent. Yes, well, of course, um, Burke with a pillock. He's a pillock. He, he has been stupid. He's a real, he's a real silly man. Um, I mean, he started saying that he didn't think Trump should speak in front of the Houses of Parliament, you know, whether it be in front of the House of Lords or the House of Commons. He didn't think he was good because he was a misogynist and all the crap that comes, you know, from the normal lot and lunatic liberals. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and as a result, it's actually gone down very badly. It's backfired. He's now potentially having to consider his position. Um, he's due to leave in the next year or so anyway, um, but hopefully he might go a bit, you know, before then. Uh, and it was just totally uncalled for because it really puts at risk the you know potentially our negotiations with the US because Trump could just say well actually with this kind of lot do I even want to deal with you? Um, I think he will see beyond that because he knows that there's some really good folk in government who want to get a good deal and know that it can make a, a real difference to the not just the US but you know but to the UK. Um, I mean they were they were really quite exciting possibilities here. I mean how would you like to be able to go and settle in America? Um, and be able to do that a lot easier than it is today, you know, without all the green card hassle and all that kind of stuff. Because basically they were saying that if we do a good deal with America, and I do think that Trump's ready to do a great deal with us, um, you know, we could be ended up, you could go there and work and it'd be much easier. You could even go there and settle and it'd be much easier and it'd be the same for Americans coming to Britain. I think that's a fantastic opportunity. And, you know, to, who, would, who would not like to try and do a few years in Florida? Wouldn't you? I mean, it's, exactly. <laughs> you know, it'd be incredible. It's a phenomenal opportunity. Oh. And just a free trade between us would be, you know, which it isn't at the moment. And we need to improve it. I would like to do a few years, a few years in Florida, but I don't think I'd fancy the hurricanes, to be honest with you. No, I don't. Well, they're they're rare. It depends where you are. The houses are built quite strong. You just take your kite and you might uh, end up in Australia. Oh, I'm just going to go fly my kite. There's a hurricane coming. Oh, hang on a minute. That was nice. I think you're more likely to end up in Mexico, actually. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, uh, Australia would be a lot nicer than Mexico, you know. But probably, yeah, like... yeah. You'd probably say, well, it's the only thing you take. I mean, if it's a hurricane coming and you're flying your kite, you'd probably fly over the wall that's been built. Uh, uh, well, there's been some great things here as well. We got um, the woman, Mrs. DeVos. Uh, I think DeVos was um, uh, was sworn in as the education secretary, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she was. Uh, all the liberals can't stand her uh, because she's basically going to so totally play up with the unions and probably um, ditch them all. Um, and in turn, make the education system actually work a lot better in in uh, America. So it's going to be something. Um, and then also they've got a new Home Secretary, I think. I'm trying to. They were just being announced earlier on today. Um, so yeah, they're they're appointing good people, um, you know, good folk, and it's going to be exciting. And the lunatic liberals, are, and yeah, they're, the, they're 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 terrified. All the future generation of the libtards, the snowflakes, and the slush puppies. Well, they yeah. just don't have a clue. But uh, as I say, it's the the people who just don't have a job who sit and do watch Jeremy Cow and do nothing, go out and stamp their feet and moan because they haven't got, can't get what they want and uh, that's the set of fanta- even some of the older people who are out there are uh, just campaigning and they're really setting a great example of the future generation so as I say if you 
and what I'm going to say, end on, we're going to end on this to simply say that if you, the people here out there, if you think about it, and when we won, when World War One, World War Two was going on, and we won the war, um, when we won the war, these are the people who laid down their lives to give us the freedom of democracy. Now you have a choice: we can either be in a democracy and have a free vote, which means whoever wins out of that free vote, that is the result, or we can go back to having a dictator when we have no choice of having a free vote anymore. What the dictator says tends to be what the dict what happens and what goes. So either, if you don't like it, you can go and live in a dictatorship country like North Korea, Kim Jong-un, or go to China or wherever you want to go and uh, go and live go and li there. Because in the, if you don't like understand the word democratic and you think the older generation have destroy are destroying the features, i tell you something, if it wasn't for them, we would not be standing here right now. I would not be doing this podcast right now with Hugh Hattrick. We'd be either be speaking German... Some of them some of them might be thankful about that. You know? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on a serious... On a serious, on a serious note, yeah, yes. On a serious no, note, you've got to listen and understand that if you want to moan and be a bunch of right snowflake and a bunch of libtards, slush puppies, whatever you want to be, moaning and stamping your feet about uh, Donald Trump when Saudi Arabia has a worst human rights record than uh, anywhere else wake up and smell the coffee because I'll tell you something we're thankful for the people who laid their lives down for us to have that free vote and democracy so on that note we thank you for listening to our show it's been a, a bit more um, a bit of a mixed bag but also fun packed but great uh, great topics and great challenging uh, topics we talked about and we'll have more information on our next show so thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of our other our show again you're welcome. And all the best to our listeners. Take care. Until next time. Bye bye now.